want to thank ReviewBiz for sponsoring today's episode. By the way, did you know that reviews are today's digital word of mouth? It's also one of the most valuable business and marketing assets you have. If you're not maximizing your review strategy, then ReviewBiz platform can help you. Let ReviewBiz inspire your members to give you your first five reviews for only $1. To get started, just go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try. Believe in yourself. Never doubt. You have the talent and ability to do whatever you crave. Hey, welcome to another great episode of the Gym Owners Grow Zone podcast, the show designed to help gym owners improve and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Andres Escobar, and I'm so grateful to have you join us today. Today, we have part two of two with Tim Rexius, the co-founder and owner of Iron Heaven Gyms and Rexius Nutrition. It's a chain of stores across the U.S., and he also has many other successful enterprises across six countries. But last but not least, he is a father to six children and a husband to an amazing wife, Brittany. If this is your first time listening to our show, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share the episode with someone you think will enjoy it. As we dive into the episode, listen to how his beliefs helped him build a legacy and how his choices reflect the long game he's playing. I'm sure it's going to inspire you and help you as it did for me. And I was not, I was surprised at how much people liked it. And, and so within a year, we're not even technically making profit. I mean, we're making money, but our debt load was so big from starting the first one and bad interest rate and finding out that after our first loan, we were still missing $40,000 of equipment that we didn't know because it was our first time. We didn't know. Like, oh, oh yeah, those 10 pieces, completely forgot about that. Well, where are you going to go back to the bank? So you right, got to dip right. in the old bank and you know, that's what God made credit cards for, right? So buy, right. buy now, pay later, get those miles. And so I, the bank of Rex America, <laughs> as they like to call me. I'm racking up miles. And so we're, we're in the red, but we're hit, we're growing. And this is the part that gets tough. Now we're starting to make money. We're going to pay down that debt, right? But I see an opportunity for a building that's in another part of town that is prime. The building is perfect for what we need. The price is right. And so I have a decision to make. Only a year into business where I'm like, I can start paying back the debt that's on my personal cards. Or I can protect my business and my model from somebody else coming into Omaha to, because we're basically proof of concept. Location one is proof of concept. Somebody else with more money can come into a different neighborhood. And once they own that, they own that. I can't go compete. That's just not, that's not, that's not population. So I make the decision to protect the brand for our future potential and go ahead and sign a lease on a second location only a year later. And it was a little bit bigger and we're like, okay, this will work. This should be great. And it sure as hell it did in 90 days, it had more members than the original location. Now here's another problem. Now people are, are flocking to the new one because the original one isn't big enough or it doesn't have this amenity or that amenity. And now what's going to happen? Somebody with more money can go right by my original location and build what is necessary. So right. now that I'm making money, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, no, I'm not. So I go, we go out and buy out the next door neighbor 
And now we've tripled the size of the original gym. Okay. And this is all going into 2019, 20, right? And so, okay, now we've, now we're going to start making some money, start paying down this debt. Then what happens? You remember? Big C word. Oh, cool. Well, shit. And now here's a real prime example of sticking to your guns and what you believe in. And that we've already done it three times with the gyms. We spent no money. No dime was paid out in three years. Not one red cent. Never paid down one of my credit cards. I kept putting it in the business. And to thank God that Nick, my business partner, and my wife, is we were all on board. Big COVID. And everyone's freaked out. Well, I worked in that field. That's what I did in my chemistry degree. I understand pandemics. I did the, I, I worked at West Elvira for right. years. So That's I right. know what's going on. Yeah. And and I honestly believe in and gym owners who are listening to this. I mean, this needs to be your mantra. Like you got into this business, not to just make money. You got into this business because you believe in the power that that gym has. And it's not just about looking pretty. It's about overcoming divorce, overcoming financial reversals, overcoming death in your family, mental struggles, overcoming addiction addiction and objection and all these things. And this is what people need. And I need it. That's what got me through my divorce. That's what got me through a lot of hell in my life was slanging and banging the weight. It's my stress reliever. It keeps me from killing people in traffic. I like to lift weights. It means everything to me. That's my church. That's my sanctuary. I feel closest to God when I'm literally struggling to push weight off my chest. I do. I just, I'm, I'm in the zone. And so I don't look at the gym just as a money-making tool or a way to look, you know, narcissistic. I look at the gym as a way to keep life. And so he came down to COVID and thank God, like I said, this is where business partners do you align morally? I mean, is your, are your values on the same level? And we said, okay, like we're not going to shut down. I don't care what mandates come in and I'm willing to take the reap. And understand now it's not just Iron Heaven gyms. It's also Rexy's Nutrition because the two are on site. I've already started the popcorn company and, and location right? supplements. And so all four of them, and, and you know how social media was then? Man, I got attacked six ways to Sunday. And this is something I learned going into my 40s. I had to learn to not care that what other people think. And I don't care who it is. Everybody cares to a certain degree. Of course, nobody wants to read nasty emails from Karen and Kevin. And it is what it is, but I believed it what I did. And everybody cares, but how how much is it going to affect you? Is it going to affect you so much that you change yourself, your values because of somebody said? No, it shouldn't. The stronger uh, values and belief system wins. Well, and the thing is, it was never really my worry about myself. It was more right. or less my worry about my franchisees and my employees who are yeah. going to be held accountable for the decisions I make. There's a responsibility yeah. there that it may cause them some financial loss. And that was my concern more than anything, because yeah. I don't really have concern for myself. I am concerned for all the people who depend on me to make the correct decision. And this is why I'm in this seat is to have that 35,000 foot point of view articulate my decisions, articulate my values and why I'm doing it and give them what I think the next 18 months looks like in a very confident and contrived manner. So yeah, we decided not to close it and, and I got some hate mail. Don't get me wrong, but Global Gym, we'll go back to those guys. Actually, before me- we go to Global Gym, I, I, I want to hear the Global Gym, but this is one question I have. It's like, yeah, and, and we skipped the, the if you recall, an obstacle challenge thing because we, we've, I think we talked a lot about obstacles and how you've overcome them. So we covered that. Thank you for covering that question for me. That was awesome. But the question I have now is like, in the fitness industry, there are some issues, there are big, some big issues. What do you think the fitness industry needs to overcome to grow stronger? Like, you know, you're you're in the fitness and health, like your fitness and health, not just that, right? I honestly think 
that a lot of our bigger names in this industry, the influencer types, if you will, we need people in those positions that have integrity. And right now, the people in those positions don't. And I, they really don't. There are Olympia pros right now pushing products in the supplement industry that are also correlating over to the gyms and how they conduct themselves. So now the 22-year-old kids are conducting themselves in the same manner. It's a lack of integrity, honestly. It's a massive lack of integrity. And at the end of the day, we all had our heroes, right? You and I did it back in our, our teens and 20s back in the day. And and I'd like to think that our heroes back then had a higher level of integrity. And right now, it seems like a lot of people that are in those higher class positions lack integrity and are there for the quick money grab. They're creating free workouts and products that are literally subpar, that are not made in the United States. They're made in third world country facilities. That it, it happens all over the place. They're promoting gym equipment they don't believe in for a quick buck because of this ability that social media allows them to make a post, make a million. It's different now because of the speed of things. They can make very quick decisions for quick money and not be, be dealing with the repercussions. It's all the rest of the industry that deals with the long-term consequences of these shitty decisions made for money. And there's a lot of, and this is a, I've gone into great, the great, the late great John Meadows and I were very good friends and he passed away just over a year ago. Probably the greatest bastion for bodybuilding and nutrition in, in the country, in my opinion, you had a real integrity. And he came to Omaha and gave a speech at Iron Heaven Gyms about three years ago on this. The lack of integrity in our industry by those who are leading our industries are what is causing the downfall in most of the problems. And it's hard. And so it's, it's very important for guys like you and me and other guys in this industry who have the ability to get on the mic and create the content, even if they're not going to make money doing it. God knows I've never gone profitable on recording podcasts, but I do it because I think it's important to get the message out and start to be that voice in their head that says, this is what's right. And we have to not be afraid of the backlash we're going to get for calling these people out. And I've gotten backlash, guys. Like, you don't know how many cease and desist letters I have got. Let's say that there is a CEO of a certain company, let's call them Blue John, and you can do your discernment from there, who has making pre-workout products. They had seven different versions out at once. And so I did a video and they literally, I went to Walmart, I went to this site, that site, this store, this store, this, and they're all different with the same name. I think that's wrong. I think it's drastically wrong. And and uh, that, you know, that person did end up, you know, going to jail for a while. But besides the point, and I getting called out, I get a cease and desist letter to take down the video within 24 hours. Now I can't fight them financially because they're they're like, I'm I'm here, they're way up there. But I I'm not afraid of repercussions at my age. That's a beautiful thing about your 40s. The given F meter is at an all-time low. I just, I'm going to do what I think God tells me to do, and that's it, right? So, and that's really what it is. That's what we do. We have to, A, keep, you know, diligent on these podcasts, keep diligent on creating content and doing what's right, and B, not afraid to stand up against the major popular people of society. And I'll just say it, I, I might get crap for this, C-bomb. He's a great athlete. He's a phenomenal Mr. Olympia for classic music. Your products are dog shit. They are terribly overpriced, underdosed, and these kids are wasting copious amounts of money. You're screwing small business owners up in the process, and it is what it is, and I'm sure I'll get a cease and desist for that. That's fine. You're a great dude, and I don't think he knows. I think he's just the face. I think it's the company underneath that's doing it. Now, here's a guy who has a phenomenal following, who has a phenomenal physique, who's phenomenally nice. And God put out a quality product at a fair price versus, and this is what happens. And then these kids spend set dollars $65, $70 on a pre-workout that should probably be priced at $39.99. And then it doesn't work. And then they get jaded and they leave the industry. And then they think all things are bad or they get a bad experience. Same thing with gyms. I mean, good God, 
let's we're not talking about this one, but there's a gym out there that sells ten dollar memberships in the hope that you don't come. And if you do, they're serving you pizza and they make it hard to cancel. What how's that doing, fitness and health? How's that how is that fitness and health? That's so, just and that's and money making. Is, and it's burning people up. And, and so it's funny you said that. So what I'm doing, I, listen, I, my gym is in the top 1%. I absolutely am. I said I'm going for that point one. So we went to Jim Cons where you and I met. And I'm like, most of the stuff at dude, the gym lords of Jim Cons did not apply to us. I have my own brand. I have my own stores. I have a different level. But I see some power in these boot camps. Now, do I want to run boot camps? Hell no. No, me too. But did I slid it for gym, gym launch two days ago? Yes, I did. Because I think if I could take a boot camp to a neutral site and make it fun and make it exciting, it's non-committal. There's no big salesman there. I can take all those people who've been jaded by those other gyms or those other stores, give them a neutral site with no contracts and no hooks to just come re-enter the health and fitness space and bring it to you. So if I can't get you to my gym, I can't get you to my store, fine. I will come to you and I'll make it so non-committal. I just want you to get up off your, your butt and take your health into account. If COVID taught us anything, it was the obese that had the worst side effects. And I don't ever want to see that again. Huge, huge. And so I'm going to bring my For stuff sure. to you because that's how we make an impact. And so I'm going to go ahead and do something that I don't want to do because I care about my community. And that's how we make a big impact in our industry. It's not just for financial gain. It's because we genuinely give a shit. This is so good. Man, it's so good. I love this, dude. I mean, I mean, I, I told you guys it's going to be two part two part. And I don't know if we're already on the second part or we're still in the first part, but this is, we'll let, we'll let the team decide that. But I mean, it's, I mean, if you guys aren't really picking up what Tim's putting down here, he's a man of impact, building an empire and, and making a difference in his local community. Like, listen, it's a big world out there. His, his popcorn is in seven different countries, you know, has 40 different nutrition locations, but he's still making impact in where he's locally, where he's planted. He's, he has roots and he's growing because of those roots and the fruit is coming from it. Like, like this is so true and evident and his children, his legacy is, is going to happen because the, was it the apple doesn't fall too far from the, from the tree. Right. And so, and it grows and it grows. And now you have an orchard, you know, you have what you have an orchard. And I, I love these these imageries that they're coming to me. And it's just so, so beautiful, Tim, you know, and, and you know, I'm, I, you know, I'll take this moment and just prophesize over you. You're going to have a, an orchard and, and it's beautiful. It's going to be, you know, you're going to see beyond the horizon of your impact is going to hit across. I don't know how far, but it's going to be far, dude. It's going to well, be great, dude. I think, you know, I started Rexy's business consulting because I've been coaching a lot of businesses and I have some gym owners, the store owners, the retail clothing brands, and it's just something I do. Right. And, and the first thing I asked them to do, other than we go through some suggestions, we have an interview process, but I said, well, what do you need to do the next month? They go, cool. You need to call your local high school and go volunteer to give a speech. What? Yeah. Wow. They go, yeah. why? I go, because remember what you needed at that age, at 17, 18? Remember who you needed. They have to go do that. They go, why? It goes to feed your faith. It feeds your family. Eventually, it can feed your finances. That's where you ask, right? But more than anything, it's going to feed your soul. And- and so I give all these speeches and I drive six hours round trips. I've done eight hours and eight speeches in a row at a high school to the the troubled kids, right? Um, because I know what they needed. I want to destroy this, you know, theory at school that you have to be a straight A student and and all these other things that, you know, and I just want to be that for those kids because that's, I want to be part of that story, right? And you understand how many franchisees and employees I have that have come from me doing those speeches the last 13 years. 
I actually have kids who are franchisees now. They were in high school seven years ago when I gave a speech in the middle of nowhere, Iowa, right? And some tiny school that asked me to come speak because I'll do it for free. Or a university or whatever, that kid in that class didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. And I gave him a direction. I need to be part of that. And so the first step one for anybody in business that, that I work with in the first month is you have to go give back to your community for no pay. Go do it. It's amazing how that feeds your soul and reminds you of the passion of why you started what you did and why you are where you are. And that builds character and it gets you ready for this mission of building a generational business by doing it with your community. So it's a, it's an absolute mandatory for me if I'm going to. And here's another thought. I have a buddy of mine has a, a, a AC company and he goes to prisons and he feeds them and well, helps them. And sometimes when they get out, they look him up for a job and, and he hires them. You know? I've done it. I've, I've done it. I've actually done the, the work release in the stores and the gyms and, you know, like, listen, like, Hey man, we all need a second chance. God knows. I mean, we're all saved by grace and we fall. Lord knows I'm not deserving of it. And I fall more times on my face than I can begin to tell you. And I get picked back up and people show me grace. It's the least I can do it. You know, and it, it's funny when I go to high schools and I say the first two lines are always the same and it's glorious. And half the time it's the teachers. Yeah. Or just as shocked as the kids. You got to meet Steve, our GM. Steve is the greatest yeah. human being on the planet. Fantastic. Which you guys guy. don't know is our general manager of our gyms was actually my kid's chemistry teacher at Miller North High School. Working for us part time and finally like, listen, give up those cushy benefits. Come work for us. We're professional. <laughs> professional. And, uh, and he did. You know, because life begins, it, by the way, life begins at the edge. You can't, yeah. you can't have life in the comfort zone. We have to grow into the growth zone. And I, I took that time because it's pe- so important. Like in oh, yeah. the U.S., we are too comfortable where we're at and we need to go into the fear zone, you know, and then the learning zone and then the growth zone. This is where the show comes from. This is where this press up comes from. It's like comfort, fear, learn, grow. Move. That's it. Well, that's, and that's the thing is, you know, get Steve, you've seen Steve and Miss Towser. I mean, and great, you were teaching kids. How about you volunteer with me? And then you still work with kids. And then your talents, I mean, you have too many talents to be correlated to an eight hour day. I'm sorry, you just do. And you need me. I mean, you be out there. So he's been doing the speeches with me and it's been fun. And, it, and the first thing that I say to the high school kids or any of you guys watching, you like, what do I say? Cool, I'll tell you. <laughs> I always ask them, like, can you guess what the top 1% of the world makes? You know, in the United States, it's what, 400,000? And so I'm like, what do you think the top 1% of the world makes in a year? In the world, not the US, yeah. the world. What do you think? You're, me, I'm going to say 35,000, 40,000. I, I kind of know it. Maybe you're correct. Right? About 32,000. Yes. So 99 percent high school is when I go. It's 7 million, 4 million, 800,000. They're thinking of all these sheep, you know, and, the, and, and these filthy billionaires. And they find out that $32,000 puts you in the top 1% of the world. And so I go, lesson one is we here in the US are completely ungrateful for the advantages that we have. And we need to get back to the side of humility and be like, you know what? Thank you, grandma and grandpa for fighting for our freedoms. Thank you for you know, coming here. Thank you for the opportunities evade to me and not just sit around and perpetually complain about all the things that aren't right. Start to focus on the things that are. And the step two is, and this is the best one that gets them. And it's always the teachers. Oh my gosh, the best part. I said, okay, I'm in America, millionaires, big evil words, right? What percentage of millionaires inherited their wealth? And teachers usually say 85 to 90%. Kids usually guess 50 to 70%. And when I explained to them that only 11% of millionaires in the United States inherited their money, that 89% are all self-made millionaires, the 
the jaws drop on the floor, the books are on the counter, and then over half of them don't even have a college degree. Another 20% got to be GED and 10% to every graduate high school. And they're all millionaire status. The only 11% is inherited wealth. So any of this BS you've been fed for the last how many years in school or on TV watching the media is absolutely that. And when you see that kid, and you always know that kid, right? There's a couple of them in the class that have been, you know, just, they, they, they really hate school. They want to get out. They've been told they're going to be a failure their whole life, told that they're going to be a garbage man. And shit, I know some garbage men that make six figures. So I don't see a problem being a garbage man, but I don't want to think about it. And, but anyways, it all of a sudden they light up and I'm like, yeah, you can do it. And so whatever they told you, well, you had, and all of a sudden these kids are engaging. So my last one I gave, it's been a couple of weeks just because we've been busy with family stuff. I had about 400 kids out of town, about a six hour drive. And so I busted my 17 year old son out of school on a Friday. I'm like, you're coming with death. So I want to drive alone and I want you to see what I actually do. And here's you know, a kid in high school and I'm his dad. So your dad's always going to be, you know, it's your dad. So it's never the same coming from an alternative source. And he sees these kids just hands are up and we're going back and forth. We're having fun. He goes, I've never seen something like that with kids my age in my life. I'm like, I go because I'm breathing life into these kids. I thought they just disproved all these myths and bullshit they've been fed through the last 13 years and told them that, no, even you, Mr. C student, you can be a millionaire. Even you, Sally, sleeping in the back of class who's never passed a single grade, you can too. And so don't prescribe to this, oh, you didn't do this, you're going to be a failure crap. And by doing that, it feeds me. And dude, I can't tell you how much this, re- I get back to work and my staff loves it because I were to go a thousand miles. Yeah, no I'm doubt. I'm so appreciative of the opportunity I have in front of me. And it's a reminder. Yeah. is a beautiful word to hear when you're scoring on the soccer field. This last World Cup was won by Argentina because of one important player. Yeah, you got it. It was the goalie. He secured the win for the team. And in the same way, ReviewBiz platform will catch negative reviews before they go online. In addition, it helps you score and promote fresh new reviews so you can crush the competition. So don't let those big box gyms take your clients. ReviewBiz will help you build your online presence and turn your own members into your best sales reps. Get your first five reviews for only $1. All you got to do is go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try to get started. In your life, Tim, who has been an influential part that has impacted your life in business or personally? Okay, so in business and somewhat personally, but when I went to work for that company called Mid-American Research and I was doing a lot of the chemistry stuff, uh, there was a CEO and he's actually related to me twice removed through his step. It's, it's like many layers down, but his name was Stephen Vermeer. And he was a young vice president or interim vice president at Johnson & Johnson in his 20s. That he became a CEO of Dorothy Lynch in his 30s. The, the dress, the Dorothy Lynch dressing, like, you know, the for outfits. And then he got fired, I think, before he got a bonus. I can't remember the story, but this is way back in the early 80s. Now it's like, you know, this tall. And he decided he never wanted to be an employee again because he never wanted to get fired. So he found this company and they were in like four or five states at the time, spent a year just grinding to get this. And all of a sudden, by the time that I come to the company 30 some years later, we're 40 some odd states in different countries and he grew this company. And that's not what was impressive. What was impressive was here's a guy in his fifties who has employees in his sixties 
And when he passed away very suddenly from a stroke, it was the conversations that I had with some of the staff who were older than he was being like, you know, I didn't really need the money, Tim. I'm already very wealthy, but I kept grinding because I wanted to impress him. And so when you have a guy that's a millionaire, who's an employee of a company, who's still willing to go out and grind 40, 50 hours because he thinks so highly of the CEO that he wants to impress him, that's how you build that CEO mantra, like that aura around you that says, I'm going to go grind for this guy. So he taught me a lot. And see, in the end, he had taken me under his wing quite a bit and just taught me a lot about how to build vision, how to lead, how to be stoic, how to be positive, passionate, yet controlled. And he was a major influence in my life. And honestly, when he passed away was right around the same time I decided, okay, I need to go. Because I don't know if I'd left because I was so impressed. I didn't like the job, but I loved that man and, and, and his in the whole family. And he was very impactful on me, you know, and, and that's probably the biggest one. Honestly, it's a lot of it's been the people in my life. I thought my grandfather, God rest his soul, that I'm named after, he made a major impact, was very successful. But I also know that impact wasn't big enough because once you get past my kids, there's no stories being told about. And that keeps me awake at night because I want to know that my name, that that what we've created here is being told to my great, great, grandkids. But it's being told in the actions that they're doing, right? Actions speak louder than words, Tim. So that might not be the name they they speak, but the actions, how they live life is how- yeah. Or they get enough impact and they get to tell the family story about how these things came down and what got created. And here's the picture. Here's how it went down. And here's right. what they sacrificed to get here. And this is why you're lucky to be here. It's the whole family story. And I want to make sure that yeah, I'm able to leave that kind of impact. So I guess that impacts me uh, as much as anything. And honestly, brother, to be 100% honest with you, like all these people around me have been great. My space is really with it. And it's really not any singular one person that really inspired me or led me to a lot of it. You know, I, I grew up Catholic school and all that. I fell away from, from my faith and uh, I got visions for doing this through, through my faith. And I, and I made the big step of getting rebaptized. I'm in my 30s and I know I don't get out of faith a lot of the podcasts, but for me, it really is my my guiding light. It, it is my my sword, my shield, which I want to battle with anyone on and and it gives me the uh, absolute level of confidence that money, conferences, and all that stuff could never touch. Can't buy it. It is. I understand that everything we have here is temporary. That there is something further down the road for me. And so I've been given these gifts and these talents that I need to do my absolute best to use them. Otherwise, they're just a waste. And it really is my faith. And then obviously meeting my wife, bro. My wife is the most amazing human being on the planet. I still don't know why she's with me other than my classic charm and sense of humor. And it's your second wife, your second wife. And my and, second wife. and it's, you know, people that have been divorced sometimes like, oh man, they just forget about it. No, but you, you like, Hey, you're a persistent fella. So you're like, yeah. Hey, listen, there, there's love out there. And there, there's somebody that's, that's made for me and you found them. So awesome. I, I, and honestly, it was funny thing was it's my adopted daughter, my oldest daughter. So her mom, they were coming to the store first sponsored athlete. I'm only a couple years into business. Newly get single and all that. So I, and Lexi is like an eighth grader at the time, my daughter. I'm like, hey, you should come work for me over Christmas break and make some money. She goes, oh, okay, because her mom wouldn't talk to me. My wife wouldn't talk to me much because yeah, she didn't know me very well. So as soon as Lexi starts working for me when she's like 13 or whatever age it was, I was like, hey, your mom, let's make this thing happen. So 
my oldest daughter was actually who got me help, hooked up with money. And <laughs> I love so telling good. that story because it's absolutely true. I'm persistent. But my wife gave me, you know, the, the, the yin to the yang, right? So she softened in a lot of ways that I probably needed to be because I am so passionate and I am so driven and my ambition is extremely high. And she makes me fight in a very positive way. And you know, I've heard Hermosi speak on this with his wife and it really is amazing what the right partner can do. Yeah. Dude. It's nine day. So interesting. So I had, had a talk with Layla at the conference and she literally just recently posted our conversation. I'm like, oh, that's my hand in the conversation. And then uh, we're talking. I tell her, listen, I just brought my wife in into the business. How should I work with this? Like, first, is she work for you or is she your partner? I was like, she works for me. I was like, well, I can't tell you much about this, but this is what I can tell you. And so she kept on talking and it inspired me like, oh my gosh, do I want my wife to be a partner or work for me? Like that relationship working for me is not going to be great. And then recently, this is wild. In the family, there's this uh, cousin of a cousin, you know, and they went away to Korea, husband and wife, and they had this amazing empire of beans and, and olives and stuff. And they went on their like own massage. And this is cr- crazy story. The guy passed away. The wife goes back to the hotel room. She doesn't know what's going on. She literally, the language, she doesn't know language. She literally finds out her, her husband passed. And I just found out that she doesn't know anything about the business, nothing. So now you have this amazing empire and like, how do you deal with losing your, your partner? That's not really your partner in business, but life. And it's like, oh my goodness, this is why. So you bring in your wife. And so I was like, oh, my wife's my partner. Like she has access to the books and she knows what's going on with the team and all that good stuff. Well, it, it, it took a while to get to that. I mean, you did too. I mean, it, yeah. it's, you know, like. She was helping me do accounting stuff because she's way better at it than I am. But she had a really good job and I didn't want to pull from the business for personal income. So I was like, okay, it was, and we've gone back and forth where she had the baby and she, she materially, so she kind of ran one of the gyms and did stuff and then went back to work and you know, held the chair for self-employed for a family eight, not cheap, no matter how much money you make. Right. And, yeah. and it was really totally kind of put it into position. like, listen, I need you. And I think that was the big change is like, I need you. Like she's too talented yeah. and I trust her. And that's where it was. And I'm like, there's no point. We are partners. I mean, so when she wanted to do the gym, I give my wife all the credit and she wanted the gym. I go, okay, for your money, we're about this. So she, uh, she cashed out both her 401k. She had been building for 20 some years as the down payment for the gym portion. Like I co-signed it, got the financing through Rexius, but she had to put her own personal money in and she did. Yeah. So, I mean, she's put more wow. blood, sweat, and tears into that business than anybody has. Way more than Nick or I. My wife does I mean, a ton, right? And then it's Nothing's like, for free at the Rexius uh, household, by the way, no, guys. No, it's it, it, it all. It, it, it's, it, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm like, hey, put your money where your mouth is. You yeah. want me to believe you? You got to believe in you too, right? Right. And so, when it came to Rexius and stuff, and the company existed before I met her, there's obviously we're a corporation, so there's other things. And so, we build our family trust or legality, whichever one should do. Sure. I'm like, yes, my wife is over everything in mine. That's just yeah. it. There's no separation. They're like, was well, your wife on this LLC? I'm like, does it really matter? Because like, she's going to get everything anyways. There's no way I'm outliving this one. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same way. I keep, I keep getting reminded about that. I don't know if that's uh first is the life insurance paid, and you know I'm gonna outlive you. You know that, right? Like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's and so like you know, and the, and the thing is, and we as a group, and it's it's very good this way. Like, we have a meeting here later today, about an hour with this gym launch thing. And I'm like. 
everybody's joining in. Everybody needs to know how this works and everybody needs to know the other person's position. This is how you make a Ross all company. You don't it's interesting. For- I'm actually meeting with Kale later on this afternoon. Yeah. What? Well, and I actually just signed up and I'm like, okay, because I'm focused just on this thing. And and, and anyways, we all need to understand how this works because we can't teach and can't manage it if we don't understand it. And it's no different. You don't go to the World Series with, a, with only nine players and then your first baseman gets hurt. Right. Nobody can fill in. Nobody well, can you going to give in, up yeah. the game? No. I mean, so business, people got to, I really correlate sports to business. Yeah, there's five people on the court of basketball, but you come to the game with 10. Why? Because sometimes you got to sub in and out. That's life. People yeah. get sick. People get people injured. People have families. People need a break. And then sometimes here, we make other people do other people's jobs purposely. So they have a respect for what it is that person does. And it really brings them back like, hey, you know, I respect you. Like, I'm glad that you're in the shipping department because that sucks. And, uh, you know, like all other packed boxes. And, and it's amazing. Like, my shipping guys will get an extra bonus the next week because my back sores, you know, can be because I loaded boxes for six hours. I'm like, these guys don't get paid enough. And, yeah, and it's, it's good for me. I do the same thing. We all need to be jumping in. I get to involve them in the accounting and the finance and the real estate. Because I want them to know if I want to build well-rounded business partners and employees, I need to teach them. And first and foremost, as an owner, you're a teacher. Yeah. Awesome, Tim. So let's talk about the fast five. The fast five is where I just rapidly ask you questions. And the first question is, who has influenced your business and your person through your journey uh, the most? I know you talked about one person. Is there somebody else that you can think of real quick? My brother, Lee. Older brother. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Just, you know, one of those that he said to me when we were, he was a senior and I was a sophomore in high school. He goes, we're going to build family A. And that means we have to be the best at everything. And we got to find Oof. uphill all the way. So that's never left my brain. To this day, it's, 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 I, I rehear that in my head for 25 years. Yeah. What does your family need? I love it. Next question. What's one thing you wish you had known when you began your business? <laughs> How to get financing outside of a bank. Yeah. yeah. How to get yeah. alternative financing, how to do, you know, how do angel investors work? How do, how to yeah. set up an operating agreement? How does this work? So you can actually raise money, start a business about having to give it all away or deal with some a-hole banker who thinks they do it. Yeah. That number my, my, part. My first loan was for my accountant. He gave me $4,000. I'm like, thank you. All right, let's go. You know, it's simple, small little loans. And then you just move on and move on. And then next thing you know, you have uh, an empire. What's a book, blog, podcast a media you've recently consumed that's positively impacted you? I've been reading the book Traction. Oh, yeah. EOS model. Yes. EOS love it. Model. And it's just like, why? Like, you've already got this thing. And I said, well, because I can always improve. And it was, it's amazing. And so yeah. I, I, made, I bought copies for all my staff. I go, everybody's oh, wow. reading this. Yeah. Everybody's going to read this because I'm like, you know, they did like, hey, stay in your lane. And these things like versus me being the over-authoritarian boss. You're like, hey, you can't do this because of this, this, and this. I want you to understand this. You come at the table. We've already had the meeting set. We're going over our core values. And it's something that needs to get redone with a new structure. Attraction is a book that should cost $1,000 more per copy than it does. Barbara, read the book. Are you you guys doing level 10 meetings? Yeah. So we're at the thing we actually have EOS uh, implemented that's going to come in and help us with all four companies. And uh, as we start to talk about it, you find out really good people around you are involved in it already. So. Cool. I was going to recommend, I got, I got a guy that helps with that, but you got somebody perfect, dude. Love it. Next one. Do you have a favorite online tool that you're currently using or you love? Online tool? Honestly, I would say a tool per se. I have found a new love for LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, 
Okay. And, oh, that's yeah. interesting. Not many gym owners say that. So go ahead. Bleak did is where growing ups hang out. <laughs> it is. That's where discretionary money is chilling. Guys, you're missing a boat if you're not on LinkedIn. I mean, it, it really is. And and I found a brand that has built himself into a multi-million dollar company in only three years with no family money and no bank loads. Literally via LinkedIn posting and no paid ads. And wow. so I asked him, I had to give him the thought, I'm like, how to do this? And so yeah. a lot of the growth we get from the popcorn has come from LinkedIn and uh, the gyms as well. How can people find you on LinkedIn, by the way? Just type in Timothy D. Rexius and you'll okay. find me. I'm the only one with that crazy long name. So yeah, yeah love it. All right. Uh, last fast five is what's one habit or practice you do that you believe everyone would benefit from? Go to the gym or get up every morning. Honestly, just get up and that's my habit. Like whether if I'm not going to the gym, I'm going to walk, I'm going to do something physical to get the, the, if you, you can wake up in a bad mood, you can wake up in a good mood. The best way to get over it is to physically exert yourself, to get your center, get your peace and do it. And then honestly, when you wake up in the morning, Give it to God and just be thankful. Mm, just gratefulness, yeah. You start your day out with gratitude. Mm. Every other problem is a little bit less on fire than it was without it. Mm, love that. It's so good. Yeah. I don't think people journal enough and gratitude journal or whatnot is, is so powerful. And again, not moving. I love those. Those, those are two very powerful well, you might write penis. My wife does this where she sends messages to every people just randomly and she'll do it every day where we had an employee a few years ago and I'll make this very quick. And it was one of the most impactful things I've ever heard in my life. If you make it your personal mission to be somebody's daymaker, you will live a better life. And the story she told me, she was working for me. She's an avid gym. She's a trader down in Utah. She's, she's great now, but she worked for me here in Omaha. And she was, and she had gone to hair school. So she's doing hair. It's almost crazy. This girl was doing hair, but yeah, she didn't hear her and this, and she's just super nice. And she's doing this lady's hair who looks very depressed. And she's like, hey, just is super nice. Like, you look glorified. We're going to do this extra. We're going to do this whole thing, get her all dolled up. Like, and she really did just talk to her. And she's like, she goes, you know, it just built this lady up. And the lady comes back in. I think it was like two weeks later and says, I want to thank you. Just in tears. She's like, why? She goes, I was coming to get my hair done because I was planning on going home to commit suicide and I wanted it to look good. She goes, you spoke so much into me that I decided that living, that there are good people. She goes, you're my day maker. You made my day. And understanding the amount of impact that we can have if we're gracious, your gratitude, and we're willing to pass it on just by doing one simple act every day, and you'll live a better life and you'll have everyone around you. And ever since then, that's been pretty much my mission, which means, you know what? Be the guy that hauls the random shopping cart in the parking lot of the grocery store holding. Let people watch you do it. Hold the door open. I know you're in a hurry. I know we're on her. Hold the door open for the old lady. The little things like that still mean something. I think Smile. it's lost society. So if you Smile. give me an example to everyone else around you, do it. And I've had people bring it up to me before. Literally being like, and all of a sudden you see me hauling a car down from the very end of the parking lot into the grocery store. And well, you'll see, and I kid you not, just you'll see a few other guys go, oh shit. They'll grab a cart and see how scratch a cart and see how scratch And all of a sudden, it's now it's not a war zone in the parking lot, right? And it's yeah. just little things like that. They see me pick up a piece of trash in the middle of the parking lot or street that somebody, everybody's walked over for six days. But by doing that, you have led by example for your community and you'll all of a sudden you'll see people start picking stuff. So be the change you want to see. Yeah. Love it, dude. Dude. And this is the last question I have for you. 
If you could speak to 12-year-old Tim, what was one piece of advice that you would tell him? Believe in yourself. Never doubt. You have the talent and ability to do whatever you dream. And you know it's true. So that's awesome. Anyway, honestly, dude, like I 12-year-old me was chubby. I was 190 pounds. I was five foot four. I was as round as I was. I got picked on, no girlfriends, right? You're in that age. And I had the vanilla eyes, hairdo, lines in my hair, white street, go, oh, 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 yeah. Like I can go back and really advise against those, but those pictures are glorious. Um, <laughs> and the amount of teachers that told me I'd never make it, all this thing. And I believed all, bro. And I got a real big chip on my shoulder. So by the time I was 15, I was 6'2, 195 pounds. And I'm glad I had a very strong parents to lead me in a cracked path because they could have gone ugly. I mean, I was picked on horribly bad and I didn't have any self-confidence. And for a guy who gives speeches for a living all the way through high school, because these kids had tormented me. And now we all began, you know, obviously I grew and all things happened and it really great sports, which was my thing. But I couldn't give a speech at a high school class in my own high school because I was so deathly afraid because it never just brought me back, right? And college was the great equalizer because now I could invent myself. And my first class was speech. I aced it. And now I speak for a living. So I heard my high school teachers here, I give speeches for a living. They go, what the hell? And it really was. If I could go back to 12 year old me and tell me like, hey, man, don't worry. You're going to grow. You're going to grow inches in the next two years. And uh, <laughs> and uh, you'll be fine. Don't doubt yourself. And, and self-doubt leads to a lot of things. It leads to bad habits like drinking and smoking and chewing and which did for me. And you know, I made a lot of bad decisions because of it, because of a lack of self-confidence at the time. And and, uh, you know, finding my faith helps to submit that confidence, but that's, that's what I would say. Sweet, dude. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you Absolutely. coming on the show and just opening up like you did. And guys, thank you so much, Tim. Appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Appreciate you, buddy. Man, that was such a fun episode. I really enjoyed how Tim explains generational wealth as a long-term vision goal and a purpose for life. I hope you found this episode as informative and valuable as I did. If you have any questions or even feedback about today's show, feel free to connect with us on Instagram with at ReviewBiz and with me at MeetEsco. By the way, what was your favorite takeaway from this episode? Connect again with me on Instagram at MeetEsco and I would love to hear your thoughts. And I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on the platform you're currently listening on because it supports us and we love to hear from you in a form of rating and review. So go ahead and share that with us so we can improve the show. It would also mean the world to us. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube because it's the place where we're going to give you amazing content plus more. As always, I want to thank you so much for the encouragement because you're listening and it helps us with those downloads and all those things that people see online. I truly appreciate you listening to the podcast and helping us improve. And I'll be seeing you next time in the growth zone. Our show today was brought to you by our incredible team, starting with production from TSE Studios, music consulting by Tyler Schmeling, our lovely guest coordinator, Anna Ponce, and focus juice from our project coordinator, Mauricio Murillo, and myself, Andres Escobar, as the host. 
Thanks to ReviewBiz for sponsoring this episode. And if you want to get the most out of your review strategy, then go to reviewbiz.io forward slash try so you can get your first five reviews from your real members for only $1. 